Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFN, and I am joined by the most amazing co-host, Michael J. Russ. I want to say welcome, Michael, and thank you again for being my muse and for always inspiring me. Um, sure. You bring so much to the show, and, and I'm so, so grateful. Of um, I, uh, it takes two to tango, so. I know. You sent me something that is it was right up my alley and right up your alley about being amazing. You are amazing. And I was so um, so just filled with so much joy because, you know, words themselves are energy and they have a vibration to them and vibration is life. And so hearing those words and saying those words and empowering those words really can help shift your mindset. I believe that the words, I love you, are the exact same way. And Masaru Emoto, um, who was the author of The Hidden Messages in Water, used to speak about that. And, and I had actually had the opportunity to hear him when he came to the United States. He actually came to Pittsburgh. Wow. And I had such an amazing opportunity just to be in his energy and to hear what his thoughts were and what inspired him. And, you know, people always would ask him, like, why do the water crystals change depending on the words? And he said that it had to do with the intelligence of the water. And you think about that, you know, how much of what we absorb, um, comes from our subconscious, comes from that inner part of us. And maybe it's the water that's inside of us that is part of that subconscious. And so whether we have something uh, positive or the opposite of positive, it really makes us think about there's really very, very power. There's a lot of power in words, and there can be a lot of difference in what we choose. And you and I have talked about this. Rather than saying, you know, I've had a setback, you see it as a challenge. It's not a problem, but an opportunity. And I really would encourage everybody as we are on the eve of a new year to really be conscious of that and to know that you can expand your consciousness and you can really create the reality that you want. And I would encourage everyone to do so from a space of love. And I I believe that it was Joe Vitale, and he had done a lot of work with Len Haleakala, who was brought the Ho'oponopono. And he said that when he was working with Len, he found out that Ho'oponopono was very powerful in and of itself. But even just saying the words, I love you, over and over and over again, you can't help but smile. And I thought about that as I was driving home today. I thought, okay, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I'm looking around. And as I'm saying those words, it's like I'm loving on the trees. I'm loving on the gray day that we have and the rain that we had and the (laughs) soggy leaves on the street. But you know what? I was just smiling uh, because of that. And I think that that is really where we're headed. And, I, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about that, Michael, because no matter where we travel in the world, you know, we can carry that love with us. And it, so it's true. part of who we are. Yeah. Um, it's powerful. I was just listening to uh, uh, this interview with Pam Gregory, and, and she said something quite interesting, is that 
um, that I that I uh, it is took to heart. It's like wow, it just hit me like a wall. She said, "Love isn't a weakness. It's a fire. It's a strength." Mm-hmm. And um, the thing that that hit me is in in the world today, for some reason. Um, Love has become, it's been seen as a weakness in, in business, uh, in dealing, business dealings, in negotiations. If you want to get to the top, love isn't part of it. You know, love, leave your love at home. You need, you know, you need to be tough. You need to be uh, 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 ruthless. Uh, and love has anything to do with that. And I'm like, you know what? You catch more bees with honey than you do hate. Um, and so love can be very transformative. Um, and, you know, love is the highest vibration in the universe, and love can change things in ways that negative frequencies cannot. Because negative frequencies just perpetuate upon each other, they feed upon each other. And um, the other young lady, uh, her name is, is right now escaping my mind, the young lady from Australia who's photographing has taken uh, Masaru uh, Emoto's... Veda Austin. Veda yeah. Austin, yes, thank you. I, gosh, right. I knew it was something. Um, I encourage our listeners to uh, go online and look at Veda Austin's photography of water. It's just, she's taken it to a whole new level. He was photographing crystals. She's actually now... She's photographing scenes that water is creating in, as, as crystals, which is which will blow your mind. I showed the, I just showed the, I got a book here from a couple of books from Masaru Moto, and I showed them to my girlfriend, and she goes, "What? Yeah, the fact that mm-hmm. that is that is absolute proof, absolute proof that thoughts are things, that thoughts have a vibration, and you can send that vibration into water." Words have have vibration. You you have you you're doing nothing other than putting that vibration into the water, and as the water uh, that water takes on the energy, the frequency of the words presented to it, and uh, I believe Eddie Austin called it what called water consciousness. That's what she's pretty much come to the conclusion of is that water is consciousness. Uh, living mm-hmm. consciousness, and that it, what's what's amazing about it is that it's this it's this whole mind blowing concept that we we live. You know, if you understand that what we what we do on a daily basis, most most people is just not even scratch the surface of creating your own reality. Not even scratching the surface. It's kind of like you're looking at at at, at what is possible, but you don't really know anything about it. And uh, one of the things that, that uh, Pam said in this interview that I also took to heart, and it's something that there's a lot on the web about it right now, a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of everything. It's, it's how do we create a reality? That's the question that, mm-hmm. that, that Pam Gregory, a 45-year astrologer, really brilliant, loving, kind, uh, wonderful person, that's the thing that she most thinks about. That's the question she most asks. That's the conundrum that she continues to seek answers to, you know, is how do we create a reality? And you, we've talked about it here. I talked about it on my podcast. Um, and and it's, it, in, envelop, it encompasses a lot of different things. However, 
your thoughts, your words, their, their, their frequency, their energy, uh, they go somewhere. <laughs> they don't just disappear. People think that they dissipate like steam. They do mm-hmm. not. <laughs> They're more like uh, smog that just hangs there in the air. Negativity, you know, it just hangs there. Um, that words have words that you speak, individual or otherwise, or collectively, have a, a consciousness. They go out and they they uh they're like seeds that are planted that you plant by saying those words and then they uh go out into the into the ethereal realm and and begin to germinate and grow and we have to be ever cognizant of what we're saying what we're thinking and what we're saying about ourselves especially it's interesting mm-hmm. because love when it comes to when it comes to um love I I gotta defer back to this to, to somebody that I've been working with who is who fights me at every turn with regard to anything metaphysical. It just goes right over his head, in one ear, out the other, doesn't hear it. And I'm like, my friend, I am giving you I'm giving you the key to your own happiness. You just have to listen. Right? I'm giving you many keys to being happy, getting exactly what you want. And he's so caught up in the drama of his own reality that he doesn't hear it. He's Mm. caught up in his own circumstances. And his mind is refuses to let go of the past. The past is is so the thoughts about the past, the things he's done in the past, are, are, are constantly being brought, being brought into the present to replay themselves. And it is, it's driving him nuts. And I've simply said, we have to let go of the past. The past is done. If we're not willing to let go of the past, especially when that past involves uh, the opposite of love, how are we going to love? How are mm-hmm. you going to love? You have to love yourself first. What he wants, he wants a relationship. He wants a family. He wants all these things. And I'm like, it starts with you. It starts with your inner world. Do the inner work so that the, your outer world can resonate exactly what it is that you're creating on the inside of you. And it just, it just goes right over his head. It's amazing. Well, uh, it's I have, so true, Michael. I mean, if, you know, love, love begins with me. And I've heard that. I've heard it echo in so many different, with so many different teachers that I've, I've studied with, that I've seen, and, and many people, even with happiness, that they think that it comes from the outside. And we talked about Hector um, in search of happiness. You know, happiness did not come from having more power or more money. And right. what he found was it was reconnecting with who he was. It was his journey. And he had to find that. And really, once he, I think, connected and really loved himself and where he was and let himself feel again, uh, that was when he had that breakthrough where he felt every single emotion that there was. I mean, you know, and sometimes maybe it goes back to the programming from when we were a child, you know, act your age. I mean, how many people have heard that? You know, oh my gosh, sit, yeah. sit up straight, act your age. You know, don't yeah. do this. Uh, yeah. you, you, you can't do that. You don't, whatever yeah. it is. Um, 
rather than that, I mean, really, I, I, I think about my great aunt who's 102 going to be 103, you know, acting oh. her age, you know, she still lives by herself and Whoa, really? So, um, yeah, she's so amazing. <laughs> she, she ended up manifesting because she really doesn't like to cook anymore. She said, well, you know, I, this is what I want to have for, for dinner for Christmas dinner, and she said, and I know that this person is going to bring me mashed potatoes. Well, she didn't quite get mashed potatoes. She got pierogies, but she didn't bemoan the fact that she got pierogies because the pierogies had mashed potatoes in them, and (laughs) everybody brought her little pieces of the dinner, so guess what? She manifested them that she didn't have to cook, and then, and I sent her some fruit, and she was happy with that, and, you know, but there are so many things that in her day, there, she doesn't look at what she can't do. She's so mentally sharp. And sure, she has some setbacks. And, you know, sometimes, you know, she had a fall in the bank the other day when she, she has some really dear friends who take her out. And she likes to do the errands herself. It's important to her. And she loves herself enough that when she had a fall in the bank, she didn't say, oh, geez, you know what, I'm failing, I'm this and that. You know, she picked herself up and she, she, you know, came home and she put some things on her knee and, um, you know, she didn't blame it on anybody. She wasn't a victim. It just was something that happened. And, yeah. you know, she, you it, and I think that she is really, um, a model for me. And I look at, yeah. you know, she was a, she was a farm girl, Norwegian farm girl. My great grandfather came from Norway and moved to Wisconsin and then was able to, get land in Canada by breaking the land. And he packed up his family. And it was not easy. It was not an easy life. And they had a horse and they had a Democrat, which was a big horse-drawn carriage that was not covered, but that was their mode of transportation. And we've come a long way from there. And we're so blessed with so many different things every day. I mean, we may find, and I I don't remember who the author was, but he wrote a book called A Complaint-Free World. He envisioned a world where nobody complained anymore. And there's an exercise, and I sometimes, they say for 30 days, you know, when you find yourself complaining about something, bring yourself back, correct it. Bring yourself back. When you find yourself complaining, then bring yourself back to a space of love or an elevated vibration of joy or happiness and really try to stay in that positive state no matter what happens. Yeah. I think uh, Carol Collins was saying that uh, the teachers were were, uh, commenting on the fact that what you're looking to do, what you really want to do is is when you have a thought that's uh, negative, incongruent with positivity, to, in essence, go do something that is um, that you like, that's mindless, that doesn't require focus, that allows your guide then to wipe away that negativity. Um, it's a it's, it's turning negative to positive always, and it, it, that is that is the that is the job. That you, if you're here and you can do that. If you can just keep doing that over and over and over again, change the thought. You got the thought, change the thought to something else. As she, I think the, the exact words in this particular case, the example is, okay, you've got that Apple Watch, right, on your, on your arm. I don't, but many people do. And it's a, it's a device. Uh, you have a negative thought, something, and you just, as soon as you recognize 
you become aware that you're having the negative thought about something, look at your watch and talk about how beautiful it is. Look at the various mm-hmm. things that are going on in your watch and literally talk yourself through what's happening on your watch. That thought you had will dissipate just like steam. It'll go somewhere else and you'll be focused. You refocus yourself on something else. This is what we have to do uh, all throughout the day because um, as, as Pam eloquently put it here in this interview, uh, we leak and scatter our power all over the place as we expose ourselves to drama, news, negativity. We, we, mm-hmm. it, it takes our focus away from, from that joyful moment that we're having, that moment of, of, uh, of bliss that we're experiencing is interrupted by something, someone, somebody saying something, a beep on the phone that has some sort of news that we, we feel we need to look at. People don't realize it. I have become accustomed to having an iPhone and the, and the, the volume is always off. It's always off. It's never on. I don't hear a ding. I don't hear a ring on the phone. I, I, interestingly enough, I pretty much catch every phone call because I can hear the vibration if somebody's, somebody's calling. The, <laughs> ringer, the, ding, the ringer's never on. It's never on. When it's on, it's annoying. It's never on. Hmm. I don't ever have it. It's always on silent, always, no matter where I am, what I'm doing. I can feel it ringing. If it's in my back pocket, I can feel the vibration. Fine. I never miss a call. If I miss a call, I just call somebody back. <laughs> I don't have to, to see it. And I have no notifications on anything. I do get unsolicited notifications, uh, and to which I say stop if they're, if they're a text, uh, or I you know, pretty much put them in the junk pile if they're, um, you know, or other that I never look at uh, on, on email. But the fact is we have so much control over our devices that have become uh, a, a, a dramatic interference in our lives. This is a tool that we're supposed to use to our advantage, yet it is, it is a tool that, that interrupts love. Loving moments, blissful moments, joyful moments, um, be, and, and it does it when you when you don't want it to because it doesn't know what you're thinking. It doesn't know you're trying to do that. People who've programmed it, they want your attention, and so we have to take back control of our devices. Number one, this is why I don't have an eye watch. I don't want anything on my arm vibrating, and I don't want to you know have that be in that close a touch with, with uh, the outer world. I couldn't agree uh, more. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I could not agree more. No. But, you know, here, here's, here's the word I thought of when I was trying to think of earlier with my friend and a lot of people that I come across. It's, it's like they're living on the surface, the surface of life. Mm-hmm. They're, they're living superficially. Um, if it's an onion, they're on, little on the outside, the outside skin. That's where they're living. Never going inside to... Let the love and the joy and the, the peace and the freedom and the, uh, the bliss out, the love. Never letting it. That's where, that's where it is. It's on the inside, right? But what's happening is everything on this planet is superficial. It's, uh, it's, it's I want it now. I, want, I don't want to wait. I want it now. Uh, everybody's impatient. Uh, drama is, is sold like candy uh, in, in, in a candy store. Uh, and it's and it's and it's addictive for people. It's mm-hmm. addictive when someone sits around right. and says, "Oh, I love that forty-eight hour show." Why? You're hearing about somebody else's drama, someone else's misery. I know. You know, and all you're doing is literally, if you understood, 
that that vibration, there's a vibration that comes out of all that and that you're absorbing, you're, the grid is absorbing that vibration. Your subconscious is absorbing that vibration. And, how, and then you ask yourself, how can I be happy when so much is going on in the world that is so bad? I'm like, it's only bad because you're, number one, judging it as bad, and number two, you're absorbing it. You're exposing right. yourself, right? Because you, you, you don't quite, quite understand that th- what you expose yourself to in, the, in your outer world, it has an impact on your inner world. Unless you understand, unless you build up a, a, a suit of armor to protect your, yourself and a suit of armor to protect yourself from what, what, what you're exposed to on a daily basis. You create your reality by the thoughts and words that you use because those thoughts and words have a vibration. So you literally, you know, you, 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 uh, your thoughts being your perceptions, they drive all your other feelings and your actions. And as mm-hmm. I was telling my friend, if you don't want to be here, if you'd, if, you'd like to, if you'd like your house but you don't like the beach, change your perception of the beach. Find something to like about it instead of focusing on what you don't like about it. Right. That's basically it. You, you do that yeah. and everything's going to change for you. Mm-hmm. And, and those inconsistencies, those incongruencies exist in people's lives, whether it's a love-hate, 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 love-hate thing going on. And, it's, and it, it just boggles my mind, and I, sometimes I just laugh. I, you know, I, I, why are you so off the rails sometimes? Because but, you know, it's it's. I was going to say, Michael, it's so sweet that you you are willing to still mentor him. I mean, you haven't thrown up your arms in frustration. You are still leading. I've been incredibly by example, close. and and he, <laughs> I, I can understand that, but he sees something in you that he wants. He just doesn't know how to get it. And what I think is really powerful about what you you share is you and I both are in a frequency where Pam Gregory resonates with us. Brian Scott resonates with us. Carol Collins resonates with us because they're all... They're all saying the same thing. You know, Pam does not watch the news. She said, "I, I... I can have compassion. I can understand what's going on, but she, I don't. She does expose want... herself. She does. I, she just said in this interview that sometimes when she's cooking dinner, she exposes herself to some things. So right. it's not like and she then, lives it. Right. Yeah. But right. You're right. And and I find the same thing. But you know where it is, and this is really where the mastery comes in, and it's becoming a master of your own thoughts. You right. become the master. And some people say, you know, you're the, you're the artist of your own life. You, you have this canvas. What colors mm-hmm. are you going to paint oh, yeah. it with? So if you were to become a thought artist, where do you hold a vision in your mind's eye about what you're choosing for your life? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it's so interesting because there's some people like, for instance, Lynn Manuel Miranda, who uh, did uh, so many different Mary Poppins, which the second one he wrote all the music. I mean, he's so incredibly amazing, and he did Hamilton. I mean, I, he's just he's talented on so many levels. But what I found so fascinating about him was he felt that he was at one time not worthy. He said sometimes he feels like he's a fraud. 
And But at some point, he can elevate himself beyond those thoughts. And maybe that's the subconscious programming in him that, you know, as a child, somebody said, you know, you're never going to make a living doing that. Yeah, you'll never amount <laughs> Whatever to it is. That. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But instead, okay. he has elevated himself and taken his consciousness beyond that. And I think the other thing he does is he connects with like-minded people. He's in an industry where he's allowed to be creative. He's been applauded for his creativity. And so if you, you know, maybe that's not your thing. Maybe music and theater isn't your thing, but surrounding yourself with people who are you become your cheerleaders, your tribe. And and the one thing I loved about what Pam said was really about connecting with people in person. You know, the internet is great, but when you are able to find individuals that share your passion or your simpatico, <laughs> your buddies, that you can you can really like, okay, I did have this challenge, but Instead of complaining about it, again, seeing that problem as an opportunity, I, I am changing my language. I'm appreciating this about my life. Yes, I am on a journey. You know, I'm going to have these speed bumps. I'm going to have those falls like my aunt did in the bank. But, you know, you get yourself up and you dust yourself off. I was at a restaurant yesterday and there was some water on the floor and I was wearing boots and I slipped. And guess what? I didn't. I thank goodness I didn't hit the floor, but I grabbed a chair. I mean, it was like <laughs> some kind of graceful thing, and and everybody in the restaurant because it made a huge a huge noise, and I was like, wow. And so, yeah. what did I do? You know, I I was going to the restroom. I went to the restroom. I came out. I didn't need to take a bow or you know bemoan it. <laughs> when I left the when I left the restaurant, there was an option to go behind and uh, and go on the carpet. And I was like, well, you know, that's the safer path for me. And I went on with my day. But it was it was like, okay, whatever. You know, no even big if deal. you'd fallen even if you'd fallen on your keys we got gotten <laughs> up and it was the same. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just the way it yeah. goes. Um it, yeah. it's interesting it's what's interesting about what you said is that it's it encapsulates, encapsulates the fact that we are literally in control of, of creating every moment of, of our reality based on what we think about it. And mm-hmm. um, when you when you embrace that, embrace that. Um, matter of fact, I'm I'm finding it interesting that that, that Pam actually uh, res- she she focuses on that question more than anything else and is still seeking the answer. It's not. I don't know. I mean, there's probably a lot of different. Everybody we talk to. From Brian Scott to the teachers with Carolyn, that uh, Karen, Carol Collins uh, uh, channels uh, to um, uh, Bashar, uh, the, everybody. You know, the fact is that Anka uh, happens to uh, channel. This is this is not rocket science. It's not rocket science. It's actually what you need to be knowing. Unfortunately, when we grow up, you might know it in the beginning. You might have a sense of it. However, it gets drummed out of you. We mm-hmm. have a society, and the society, the it it depends upon everybody conforming. That's what it, it depends upon. Our society, uh, because we live in a, a consumer-based society, at least here in the United States, seventy percent of our gross domestic product comes from um, consumerism, and so mm-hmm. if everybody decides. They're not going to consume. Guess what? 
we go into a recession and everybody suffers. Jobs get lost because that's the economic model that we, that we use, right? It's not a helping model. It's a profit model. It's a capitalism model. And so what's interesting is that, um, I don't know if you caught it, you probably did. I have to listen to it again, but in the interview with Pam Gregory, uh, and we'll share that link. Uh, I, I'll have to get the link for yeah. it. We'll share it definitely in, in the description of this podcast. Um, it, it's really, really fascinating uh, that these two young ladies in Spain just decided to go into, they went into the forest in Spain. Um, I don't think they just walked in there and did it, but they went through the powers that be to create uh, a, to carve out a community where it was the community that was in the grandest vision of communities. And uh, I have to listen to that a little bit more to find out exactly what it is that they're doing. However, it, it, just the idea of it, 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 taking it upon yourself to say, look, this isn't working. This isn't working for everyone. We've got, a, we've got issues around the world. The major issue is that people with money are going into areas where it's inexpensive and they're making it expensive. Right? Mm-hmm. They like it, so they come there and they make it expensive, then they turn it into a business, then they want to make money from it. And then, before you know it, within a few years, the place that used to be paradise and very affordable is no longer affordable for the people that live there and have been there their entire lives. Right? This is, I've seen this story play out for the last 50 years. I go to places, then I go back to places. And what happens is they turn, they, they again, the, the, the money and the capitalism come to town, and before you know it, it's no longer that sweet, wonderful, blissful place that you fell in love with. It's, it's business after business after business supporting people uh, who come in and run up the real estate prices and, and everything else. So we have, we have to, uh, these, these two young ladies are, are saying, you know what, that's, that's enough of that. We, everybody deserves a seat at the table. And they're evidently creating a community where everybody can have a seat at the table. And uh, I'm interested in learning more about it, and I certainly will um, email Pam to see if she can uh, um, elaborate uh, on it. She's mentioned it in the interview, and I'm sure it's out there. If I Google it, I'll probably get it. Uh, Or if I ask AI on on Bing, I'll probably get it. Uh, So it's one of the things that that we have to understand is that we we create the world that we live in. And I am very careful to curate my world in a way that is most blissful to me. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's my right. Sure. That's everybody's right. You don't have to Absolutely. fall for the, 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 the party line, so to speak, the, uh, the capitalistic party line, if you don't want to. You don't have to. And this is, this is, you see, it, it's, it's, it's when you grow up, when you're, when you're a child, you're curious. You're inspired by everything. You, you want to ask questions. You ask why about everything. And then after a while, they just tell you, stop asking why and just show up. It's just the way it is, right? So they dumb, drum that out of you. They drum the curiosity out of you because if you're too curious at the wrong time, you disrupt. And if you disrupt, that's a bad thing. So don't be curious. At least if you're going to be curious, do it in your room. Do it under these circumstances at this time, between this time and this time, right? So... What do you do? You put it in a you put it in a container, and then before you know it, you lose the container. And mm-hmm. so, what do you do? You you you. It's kind of like love. I was thinking about this when it comes to business in the business world. Now, when I started out the show, why is love 
such a bad thing? Why is being loving in business, combining love and business together, why is love of yourself and love of life and love of those you work with or those you serve, why is it a bad thing? You know, can't you make a living by helping other people get what they want in a happy way, by loving mm-hmm. people and supporting people? Can that not happen? I've done it for 35, 38, 39 years. And because that's the way I decided to do business is by that. And, and everybody that I do business with is, is like me too. I don't have people who are dramatic, people who are live in fear, people who fear every little thing, people who get upset easily. I don't have – I, I, I don't do business with those kinds of people because I've never been that way myself, so I've never attracted anyone like that right. into my life and into my sphere of business. So everybody's awesome, and I love everybody, and I tell them, you know, I can tell them, hey, I love you, you're, you're phenomenal, we work for a long time together, and I've just enjoyed the heck out of it. Um, and, and that's, we can do that, we can succeed. We don't have to uh, war on people to get what we want. We right. don't have to inconvenience other people, groups of people. You know, I, I told somebody the other day, I said, why don't we just all start looking at each other as souls, balls of light, and suits of clothes? That's really what we are. <laughs> That's wonderful. We're just, we're, just, we're just balls of light. Everybody's a ball of light. Just instead of seeing tall, dark, black, white, red, yellow, uh, short, tall, slightly pudgy, skinny as a rail, instead of seeing... You know, people like that, and then and judging them in that way. Why don't we just see them as souls, and that's their suit of clothes. That's the suit they're wearing mm-hmm. in life. Yep. That's the suit they're wearing. And no, train ourselves so not to judge. Yeah, not to judge people. Because um, honestly, I, I, yeah. <laughs> when we do that... I have to laugh. Go ahead. Yeah, go, please. <laughs> no, no, I was we, just going to say, because that's what I say about dogs. I'm like, they're people in a fuzzy suit. Mm-hmm. We don't judge a dog. We don't go, oh, that one's too little or that one, you know. Oh, there's a lot of people who judge dogs. Come on now. Yeah, maybe, but yeah, when that's you have too a dog big. I don't want that around. Your face, well, yeah. I don't know. When you, when you have a dog loving on you or even a cat or an animal, oh, yeah. you know, oh, you're yeah. just, they're just a big ball of love. I mean, they're they they really, they just, you, you they know just, it. They don't they know care. It. Yeah. Yeah, My no, cat jumps off the bed in the other room after a deep sleep for a few hours <laughs> and just walks into my office and demands some love. Yeah. Just walks in and says, oh, demand some love. Here you go. I'm going to stand around here until you love on me. <laughs> and and yeah. then, okay, that's enough. Okay, I'm going to go back to take a nap now. <laughs> you know? yep. This yep. is, if we no. could all be that, that open and honest about, about love, Man, mm-hmm. the world would change in a lot of different ways. Oh, it, truly. And that's why I think, you know, I love the idea of saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. When you have, when you think about a, a mother who has a baby in the womb, you know, there's that, that loving connection. Before that, they've even seen the child right. be born. There is a love 
that is being emanated. And so um, one of the things, and I, we have talked about them before, which is one of my favorite is the HeartMath Institute. And yeah. if you go to heartmath.org, and they talk a lot about the field of the heart and how it's emitted. And the electromagnetic field of the heart and the energy field radiates about nine feet from the physical body. So right. think about it. If you're out at dinner and you're feeling loving thoughts, the people that are in that restaurant with you, by the process of osmosis, are feeling that frequency. They're feeling that electromagnetic energy that's being emitted from your heart. Now, the same is true. I mean, I'm sure that you felt it too. If there's somebody that's angry that walks into a room and it almost sometimes takes people's breaths away or somebody that's fearful and then they try to get everybody on that same page, you know, and you just have to stop. And and whether it be with Ho'oponopono, you know, forgive me, I'm sorry, thank you, I love you, and just keep doing that over and over again, or just telling yourself, I love you, I love you, I love you, and sending that love, drop into that field of the heart, and just feeling those positive emotions. Or have you ever had somebody, and, and they're just, they've had something really harrowing, and you reach out, and you just touch them, and that all that is is the the love from your heart and just that touch, and it's transmitted to them. And it may be all that they need, just to take that deep breath and to allow that that coherent energy from that heart to come in. And one of the things that I really loved about that uh, interview with Pam, and she was talking about really the pillars for 2024, and that the year would be built on integrity. Humility, love, kindness, compassion, and joy. And that it was all about operating from your center. Your center, it is in your center. It's the heart. And so I really, I truly believe that. And I love that. I kept thinking, okay, integrity, humility, humility. Wow. I mean, what a difference from <laughs> the opposite. I haven't heard that, that word in a while. I haven't heard that word in a while. I really haven't. I didn't know. People don't don't talk, don't use that word a lot. A lot of the mm-hmm. um, things I listen to and other things, humility is not a word that, that gets bantered about, uh, like love or like bliss or happiness or everything else. People really don't uh, give that a thought. That's why it's such a great word. It's such a great mm-hmm. um, humility. What a great concept. Uh, you know, I was thinking about what you said there when you were talking about touching people. I, I touch so many people, it's amazing that I haven't been arrested already. <laughs> uh, I do. I, I touch I, I, I told, people I, I don't know. I, I touch mm-hmm. them on the shoulder. I touch them on the back. You know, um, I say, you know, Merry Christmas. I say Merry Christmas to somebody, and my hand just goes out and just touches them on the shoulder. You know, um, uh, I, it's just it's a, it's an automatic thing. It's not like something I can I can just not do. It's 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 pretty amazing. I touch I touch men. I touch women on the shoulder. Sometimes on the back, and, and I'm like, you know, it's not. It's not in any way uh, negative. It's never seen as negative. It's never taken. I totally understand that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I am and the same way. Yeah, we, we have to, you know, we've, we've been conditioned. We've been conditioned to fear other people. Mm-hmm. And this comes from our constant uh, connection to news. 
and media, which and shows that uh, drama shows and others and shows uh, about uh, CSI and and uh, FBI and you know death and somebody getting somebody you know misfortunate circumstances that lead people to be hurt, right? We have a fascination with that kind of drama, whether it's docudrama or uh, made-up drama, scripted drama. And what we don't realize is that, is that it's poisoning our grid when it comes to connection with other people. Mm-hmm. We've come to fear other people. That's our instantaneous response, is to fear other people. I'll give you an example. It, it, sometimes that fear is so pronounced that nothing gets through. Nothing gets through. This, I was in the store buying a couple of avocados. I was in a produce store and I was heading over to get some avocados, and this woman was reaching way back to the top because a lot of the, it was about time where they were going to start throwing away ripened, overripe avocados. And she was an Asian woman. And I didn't say a thing, I didn't say a thing to her. I just basically came to the side of her I was waiting for her to to uh, to get which to finish getting the avocado she wanted to get before I reached over to because she was literally standing right like in front of you, nobody could touch an avocado because she was reaching with her whole body <laughs> and hand up in there and I was just standing there and I guess I must have been a little bit too close waiting because she picked her avocado she turned and she looked at me and she gave me this look of of, oh, my God, you know, you're standing there. You know, she didn't say anything, but she gave me this quick look and quickly walked away, took her cart and walked away. And it wasn't, there was nothing she said, nothing she did. She just gave me this look of, 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 of fear and concern that I was standing there. <laughs> I said, oh, my gosh, what is this world coming to? That happens so rarely. However, I mean, she wasn't even cordial. Now, it could have been that she didn't speak English. I don't know. The word there was no smile. There was a it was a, it was a, it was a, a fearful face, like I was going to some way accost her in front of the avocados. And you know, it, it, Sorry, it's just, I, like... I think about this and I go, we have we are being we are being conditioned. We are being conditioned uh, by media and by um, by all forms of media, whether it's creative or otherwise, to fear other people to fear connection, to fear somebody you don't know, that you have not been introduced to formally, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen to me a lot. A lot of times I just, everybody's very cordial. I look at them and I say, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm waiting for you, you know, just waiting. And they go, oh, yeah, okay, okay fine, you know, I, mean, I appreciate it. Here, it's not a big deal. I can wait till you're done. You know, it's, I'm not right. in a hurry. And then, you know, you get this, but, you know, you have that kind of reaction. I don't, I didn't attract this woman to me. I was going towards her to getting, to get an avocado. I would never attract this kind of person to me. That's just not who I attract into my life. People who are operating, except, of course, this gentleman that I, that I talked to. But he, he likes me a lot, and I believe that he calls me because he considers me a lifeline. And uh, right. that's okay. That's all well and good, except I tell him, I don't want to be your lifeline. I want you to be your lifeline. No, you'd because like you for live, him to graduate and empower right, graduate him. Graduate and become your own lifeline. To do. Sure. Right, because mm-hmm. if you don't, if you don't learn how to manage yourself, you're always going to be looking outside of yourself for validation, for acknowledgement that you're, you know, mm-hmm. a good person or that, that you're, you're okay to be loved or whatever. And I know that that emanates from, 
He's told me enough about his parents that I know that that's why he is the way he is. He's 39 years old, and he's, you know, freaking out about things that don't deserve to be freaked out about. So I don't know. You know, it's, I, I, I do the best I can, uh, and sometimes I just, when I reach a point where I, where he's, continues to bring up, rake up the past as if I've never heard it before, and I've been talking to him for two years, and I've heard the same thing for two years about, you know, thousands of times, I let him know. I said, you know, we, you know, we don't need to talk about the past. Tell me something good that's happening. I try to derail it and say, tell me something good that's happening right now. You know, tell me something good, good, good that's happening to you lately. You know, that's, hey, get him on, on that. You know, yeah, give exactly. The you know, give me the positive cliff notes. Don't mm-hmm. call me in and rehash something that's, that you've that you've told me a thousand times before because it's got your it's got you right now, you know it's this fear moment um, of of a beating yourself up moment, um, and we have to just be cognizant of that and, mm-hmm. and move forward. Listen, operating from your creative, uh, from your uh, center uh, of your heart, uh, living not superficially but deeply. Mm-hmm. This is really the, the the mission and the goal here, and uh, um, we we've we on the show have given I don't know a myriad of different ways to approach doing that because this is connect to love after all, and we're looking to connect to that. And we we've, we've given mm-hmm. like I said a myriad of a cornucopia of ways to for people to uh, approach that, and and that's what's important. And at some particular point in life, we're not always on the same page. Nobody's always on the same page as other people. You know, you're not on the same page as your friends. However, uh, your friends and who you're running to can be the litmus test for whether or not change, you're changing your uh, thoughts about yourself and your life. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. And Pam did mention Ho'oponopono today. In that she session. did, yeah. She did yeah, mention Ho'oponopono and how it... And, and, and the experience that your friend, the, the gentleman uh, who is from Hawaii that we, we still want to get on the show, that kind yeah. of experience, she ran into, I, I, I know you told me he did it, but she's the second person that I've heard that has done it, that it wasn't really about forgiving yourself as much it was, as it was about putting the prayer of forgiveness out there to transform circumstances, the energy of circumstances. Right? right, of your circumstances yeah. or the person that you need to um, connect with, and well, I, I, yourself. Good. You're you're 100 right. I mean, and when Len Haleakala, Q, he he worked as a psychiatrist for four years in a mental hospital for the criminally insane, and he never saw a patient. He would pull up the chart, and because what he he found was originally when he would bring the person in. It always seemed like they had more of the problem when they were in front of him. And so he made the choice. He said, you know what, maybe the problem is within me. So he would pull up the person's chart and he would look at whatever it was and he would clean. He would call it cleaning. Ho'oponopono is a cleaning. And he would clean that in himself. And little by little, I mean, and these, these were were patients that had to, some of them had to be shackled to be able to walk down the hallway and medicated. And, but they started getting better and better. And after four years, there were no more patients. So they closed the hospital. And it seems so unreal that when we heal something within ourselves, 
mm-hmm. that it can change. And, and it wasn't, and this is what I actually I said to a friend of mine, this is not about you doing it for somebody else. This is about you doing it for you. It doesn't matter what you, your judgment about what that other person is going through or why you think they need it. No, uh-uh. You're missing the whole point. It's about evolving the way we see the world. We ourselves, me, myself, and I. And then opening ourselves up to what the potentiality and the possibilities are, knowing that anything is possible. And I think that that's really what, where it is. So when you, you not limiting yourself and, and saying, okay, I don't know what's going to happen if I just keep, keep try working on this for myself. Because really, in The Course in Miracles, it says love brings up everything unlike itself. And I remind myself of that <laughs> all the time. Wow. Like, okay, this person's triggering this in me. Okay, I got to heal that. And, and it's not about them. Why am I allowing it? No, I, it, it's, it's me. It's my consciousness and what I am allowing and, not, and looking inward. And that's really the perspective, I think, that when Pam was talking about, and I've heard it referred to from other people, this new human. This new yeah. human and, and what we're evolving into. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited for it. I am. I mean, to think so that awesome. more and more people are uh, opening up their awareness, you know, allowing themselves to be seen and, and in being seen, being vulnerable. Like, it, you know, me sliding in the middle of a restaurant and then, <laughs> thank goodness, the table was empty. The one that I ultimately slid into and grabbed hold of the chair. I mean, right. and, but what a metaphor for life. Like, okay, yep. you know what? And you caught yourself. I didn't fall, yeah, I didn't fall on my bottom. I caught myself. <laughs> and I, I do that. I, you know what? I, but I find myself doing that more and more. Okay, catch myself. Okay, no, because I don't want to be in that vibration. And I want to, I want to play in these other vibrations more. I mean, that's what it is. It's crowding it out. I want this more. I don't even focus on what I, it's not even what I don't want. I want that more. I want more, more, more. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> of, I mean, of all it, it, of that. The, the healing, when I, when I heard her say that, and, and you, when I heard you just say the story about, uh, Lynn Haleakala, Ho'oponopono is really, and, and think about this for a second. When, when you're a, um, if you're a psychologist uh, and you're working in a hospital where people are mentally ill, they're there. The perception of everybody in there is that they're that something's wrong with them, right? That's the, the perception you have as a psychologist because you're there to fix them. You're there to heal them in some way or help them get better. And that perception is something that you can forgive and eliminate. Think about this. This is what came to my mind when you said that, is that what he was doing was eliminating his perception of their illness within Mm -hmm. him. And by doing so, it impacted them directly because he changed the frequency, he changed the vibration within himself of that that negative uh, connotation. Right? And and he was able then to see them as people then they were able to, to pick up on that and see themselves as people. It's really interesting because I, I think about that in, in, in you know, when you, when you look at a teacher who's teaching in a school, and there are some teachers that listen to this, and I'm not necessarily, I'm just saying in general, I have come across teachers who have 
a perception of students that they've had for many years. You know, that, that stu- they, I know more than you. I, I know what's better for you. I know everything. You don't know anything. I'm here to teach you. You're here to learn, right? And mm-hmm. that perception with somebody who is gifted, who sees them, who is gifted and doesn't realize it yet, uh, that perception can overlook a gifted person. In my view, everybody's gifted in one way or another. And, mm-hmm. and that, that is what that perception can do, is it, it, can, it can color your thinking and your vibration. Uh, with regard to uh, connecting with with the students. Everybody is, again, a light in a suit of clothes. They are are younger, they're impressionable. However, the younger generations right now are are very steadfast about, they're very, uh, I can say, evolved. Awareness, their their awareness is evolved. Uh, I know that my... Uh, my nephew, who's now a graduate of UCLA and is studying for med- medical school, so that makes him about 23. Um, he, growing up, was much more evolved in terms of what was what he should and shouldn't be eating, and that's carried through to where he is right now. He's got a sense of design. He's got a sense of placement. He's got a sense of of understanding. You know who he is. Um, and he was gay, and he came out in high school, you know, and and he is such a phenomenal young man and uh, has a sense of style, has a sense of design, and that, but he's always had that. My sister was recognized that from the very beginning and just let it flow, just let him keep, let, mm-hmm. him, let it roll, let it roll. I'm not going to put this kid in the box. You know, he's going to be who he's going to be. And he was a 4.1 student in high school. He was a 4.1 student at UCLA. Very, very, very smart. Very inquisitive. He'll be a 4.1 medical school school student, I swear. I mean, he he is is that. And it comes easy to him because he doesn't consider it hard. You know, I don't think my mother ever told him it was hard. You know, we, we, we somehow, we react to, when we you know, we've got to watch those thought viruses. Um, well, for sure. As, as, yeah, because those things will rule, 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 you know, rule your life. Um, little things when someone tells you, uh, no, you, you don't want to do that because you know you don't make any money at that. Oh, you don't want to do that because there's nothing in it. Uh, you know, you can't be successful doing that. Not really true. The success monetarily is that's not the only success. Although it it can lead to monetary success when you allow your creative energies and juices to flow into various pathways. So uh, tell that to somebody who's an actor or an actress who said, who's been mm-hmm. told time and time again, you'll never make it, you'll never do this, um, by people who, were, who they were interviewing, who, who they were auditioning for, you know, over and over again. One woman 30 times got turned down for Broadway, 30 times, ended up coming back, going to, into film and doing something else, and came back to uh, do a play in the theater uh, the first theater she was rejected in. The first broad time she came back to Broadway, it was the same theater where she was rejected 30 times, like 25, 26, 27, 20, 30 years earlier, right? The first time she had an audition, she was rejected in that very theater, yet she was back three or four decades later doing a play in that theater. And if she had listened to 
the person who told her she wasn't right for the part at that particular point, or whatever they did tell her, because there's some, a lot of rude things that get told uh, in that in that industry. Um, and if she had listened to that, where would she be? She right. would have not pursued her dream, her, her which was to be um, an actress on the screen and stage. So a lot of people, you listen to some of these some of these stories, man, of people who who were in in the business and what they had to go through to get to where they are, the belief system that they have to have in themselves is is ironclad. Ironclad. And that's the way that we have to be in life. We have to get rid Mm -hmm. of doubt, get rid of limitation, and go for it. Right. Because there isn't the only thing stopping us. Yeah, no, and I was going to say, I mean, if you're going to invest in your own life, start by telling yourself, I love you. And, and, it might oh, sound yeah. hokey, but every day, no matter what, I love you. Like, look in the mirror. I love you. I love you. I love, I love how you look in those pants. I love how you, you know, I, oh, yeah. your eyes look today. I love the fact that my hair worked out today. Or uh, I love the fact that I made somebody smile. You can always find things that you can love about yourself. And, and I think that that's where it is. We need to shift our mindset. And... And what's interesting, saying I love you does not mean you're not humble. That there's anything that Very is... Very true. Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to yeah, do with that. That's one of the mm-hmm. connotations that has been, you know, uh, uh, passed on from someone who didn't love themselves. Is, is mm-hmm. that, you know, that's one of the love is bad. Loving yourself isn't a good thing, you know. Don't tell other people just, you know, if you love yourself, fine. But don't, don't spread it around, you know, because it, it, it's a sign of weakness. And mm-hmm. it isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of absolute strength and power. Absolute strength and power. And uh, if, if the, the kids, if we could just get more parents encouraging their kids to say, to tell them, you know, to, to focus on loving themselves instead of mm-hmm. how insufficient they are or uh, how they're not worthy of whatever it is, um, there would be a generation that would be the kind of leaders that could help other people um, love themselves as well. Uh, That's so true. Interestingly enough, what I tell some people is, they say, oh, you ought to run for office. I said, I, I don't know. I love myself too much to run for office. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I and I love myself the fact too much that you, you, you uh, live from the miraculous, and I think that that's the other part is, and mm-hmm. Pam echoed that and really seeing yourself as a miracle that you are. And, and she talks a lot about the divine blueprint, the blueprint of us being so unique. And if there was um, a, a symphony and they could play the geometry of your birth chart, it would be magnificent. And I love the yeah, fact that, that they, the idea is that each one of us has our own unique part in this amazing symphony, in this orchestration exactly. of what's unfolding, of that love, kindness, compassion, humility, integrity, and joy. The pillars for 2024. I'm, I'm going to let you close out the show, Michael. I'm so grateful um, for so many things. You are miraculous. <laughs> I, am grateful for, I am grateful for you. I'm going to I'm going to recite Ho'oponopono, and I'm going to encourage all of our listeners to take it to heart in this last 55 seconds. Uh, I am sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. I thank you. I am sorry. 
please forgive me. And you can say, you're saying it to yourself. So I, when I say it, I say, I am sorry. I am sorry. Please put my hand on my heart and go, please forgive me. I love you. And I thank you. And you can just say that over and over and over. Whenever you have a thought about yourself, say that. Whenever you have to and are encountering a situation where the other person is not, you, you, you think it's an antagonistic situation, say Ho'oponopono, say that prayer to yourself over and over again in the car on the way to where you're going and, and, and have the other person in mind where you're doing it. And thank you very much. This has been awesome. All right? Yeah, thank you. Take care. I, no. I love you and I thank you and I thank you all for being so connected to love. <laughs> thank you. It's a delight. Thank you. All right. Be well.